Today on the show, strategy plus action equals overcoming the stigma of mental health in the workplace. Success in business and life is a constant back and forth of charting your course and taking the consistent steps every day to move you forward. Both are critical. My guests on this show range from hardworking entrepreneurs starting from scratch to visionary leaders of cutting edge companies looking to scale. I help you understand the strategies that are working for them and the actions you can take to model their success. For me, a show like this is all about joining forces with my guests to dig deep and create something new for you. Whether that's a small insight that gets you unstuck or a path of massive growth through customized marketing and creative sales initiatives. Welcome to Strategy in Action. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today, we have Tim Clark on the show. He's a senior marketing leader at Salesforce. But what we really get into today is his role as co-founder and CEO of Uncrushed. Uncrushed is an organization that's really striving to change the way mental health is perceived and treated in the world, and particularly in the workplace. Fortunately, we're in a, a time that people are discussing issues that they're having, whether it's you know addiction, anxiety, loss, whatever that might be, um, they're, they're talking about it. They're being open about it and actually finding the support, you know, even within an organization to where it used to be so siloed. Um, this is our work life. This is <laughs> our personal life. Keep those apart. Um, now, fortunately, we're, we're in a time that those those silos are, are are coming down. So I'm ecstatic to bring you this this episode. This conversation was was fantastic with Tim. Um, we really dug into what comes down to is 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 the connection, right? Uh, as humans, whether we're struggling with something huge or small, the solution is very often that first connection, that first step of oh other people have this issue, right? And now here's something I can do to get through this. So let's get started. Tim Clark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. This is this is great. I had the good honor of um, meeting you because of Michelle Hackney, a former uh, guest on this show, and she just raved about you. And then, of course, I did my lovely, you know, digital stocking and listen to other interviews you've done and really understanding your story. Um, this is, this is amazing. I wanted to, to have you on for probably a hundred different reasons, but I thought a great topic for today was discussing mental health in the workplace. And you've got some really unique insights and experience based on that. Um, so We'll zoom out a little bit before we kind of dig into everything. And tell me about your role, your role at Salesforce, and then this this whole new entity of Uncrushed and everything that we have going on. We'll dig deep into that for sure. Um, give me a little little background there. What's your, what's your role currently at Salesforce? Yeah, it's so interesting. Like when I'm asked this question, like the the old me would have just explained like this is my role i've you know I've, I've been in sales for seven years i've been in product marketing for seven years and i spent the last nine and a half years at salesforce uh looking after our, our community for for sales professionals um but really over the last few years I've, I've kind of changed my answer to this introduction um because i what's really important at my core is speaking about myself authentically uh my full self and not just my work self 
And I think this is something we've seen so much on, on LinkedIn and other social platforms as well, that people are really opening up. And so for me, I'm, I'm, I'm someone that's like many people have been through certain life challenges and I speak openly about those challenges and they make me the strong person that I am today, uh, both professionally and both personally. Wow. Yeah, I, I love that distinction right off the bat, right? Because how common is that for us to just go right to, this is my role, this is what I do for work. You know, that's our that's our default for most of us, right? Yeah. And I think that speaks to exactly what we're talking about <laughs> today is yeah. getting away from that. And like you mentioned on LinkedIn and other platforms, um, I'm ecstatic because it's it's less and less taboo to number one, just be human. And like, I exist outside of this workplace. And number two, if there is an issue, a struggle, anything to actually share that, be open to that, and it not be considered a death sentence, you know, career wise. Yeah, yeah it's, it's how people connect, you know, and, and I, I'm a big fan of Brené Brown and Daring greatly and dare to lead, and, and where she talks about the importance of leading with vulnerability. And I think the strongest leaders are the ones that lead with vulnerability. The amount of business owners that I've talked to who who share with their teams, particularly in the startup world, you know that they've experienced burnout, and then they lead by example. Like, what are some of the things they're doing for their own well-being, and that that helps people to connect with each other. Uh, and I, I think that's something we've always needed is connection. But now more than ever, particularly over the last couple of years, like we we need connection with each other. And and it's not enough just to go like you're from HubSpot, you're from Salesforce, you're from Gong. Like, OK, we've got something in common. You know, but what about looking at the commonality of the challenges that we've been going through? You know, maybe you've experienced loss. Maybe you're experiencing anxiety or depression. And, and these are the things that thankfully people are, are speaking about uh, a lot more. Yeah. And we've we've always done that i mean take sales for example we we've all known individually that that's how we connect you know at the end of the day that's how if we go to these network meetings and all of that stuff we may start at that surface level but those best connections and your best clients all of that you end up connecting at a human level i think we're getting to the point now that we can acknowledge <laughs> we can acknowledge it out loud and it can be a business strategy in the best possible term, not the not the horrible one, but a, a business strategy to allow your people to be human. And probably that's been a closed door for so long because when you open that door, you open up the door to everything, right? You know, you don't yeah. just get to share the shiny, you know, fun stuff. There's there, there are tough things in there that that people deal with. Um and it's interesting to me, you know, I'm, I've been really fortunate to not have a, an addiction kind of thing or anything like that. And I've had my eyes open with people close to me with past guests on the show with all of that who have gone through that and to understand not just the struggle in of itself, but it's a whole different layer when I'm going through this thing and I can't talk about it, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, it's like shame on top of the struggle itself and everything. And that's, I don't know, I think that's monumental to be able to, to move in that direction, to take that top layer of, of shame off of things. And okay, now I can actually deal with this, the actual problem and 
potentially get better, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I, I was going back to the age of 11. Like, I, that's as far back as I remember, and I just didn't know how to handle my emotions. I didn't know how to, how to process things. And, you know, through, like, parents getting divorced, through getting bullied at school, um, I, I immersed myself in, in education. And then when I completed university, I immersed myself in work. You know, they they were my coping mechanisms, and so for me, like addiction is a it, it, that's just the the substance, that's the the surface level, you know, in terms of whether it's alcohol, drugs, social media, um, sex, uh, relationships, love. Um, it, it's all about finding a coping mechanism to suppress my emotions, and so you know, whenever I had more life events, like in, in 2013, I lost my dad suddenly and I, I grew up just with, with him in a single parent family. Like, again, didn't know how to handle those emotions. And so it, it's no surprise to me now on the other side that I'm able to see that I turned to unhealthy coping mechanisms and, and they worked for a period of time. Uh, but even now, you know, even though I, I, I took away some of those unhealthy coping mechanisms, like I, I can still immerse myself in work, still immerse myself in education. And, and so it really comes back to like, can I sit with myself? And, and to your point on, on shame, like shame, shame line, lies to me. It, it sits in my head. It tells me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy, that I don't deserve love, um, that, I, that I can't do this, that I'm, I just can't do this. And and so how do we how do we get rid of shame? Well, a big part of that it comes back to connection. And I I love this saying that that when you share something, you divide the pain and you multiply the joy. And so it's getting it out of my head and it's it's conversing with someone else, finding someone that I feel safe with to trust, and and that gets me out of self and that that starts to eradicate that that shame. Yeah, I I love that point, and I hope that we grab enough people with this message who aren't struggling with maybe the, you know, big giant ones to deal with like alcoholism and, you know, down the list. Right. And, and we grab those people because they have these layers, these underlying things, but again, they're, they're, immersing themselves in the socially acceptable ones, right? You know, and like, like work, like something that may be seen as positive may have positive effects for a while. But the big problem is they're not dealing with the underlying issue of that pain. Why can't they do this or focus into this or deal with that core trauma maybe? Um, and so I, I hope that we, I love that distinction you made because I hope we can grab more people into this that so that they understand it's 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 bigger than the sort of headline addictions that are out there. Yeah, and 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 there'll be some people, you know, that have experienced loss and will be able to relate. There'll be some people that will relate to addiction or to anxiety or depression. And I think that's the whole purpose of Uncrushed is when we created it, we wanted to to share our experiences out in the open, you know, put faces and names together. Um, and, and so if there's someone listening to this that doesn't relate to my story, that's completely okay. And, and, you know, just go, go on the website or go find another mental health health website and read someone else's story, find someone that you can relate to. Um, and I also recognize like I I've been working for 15 plus years now. And so I, I have the privilege, I believe of, of being able to speak more openly about this. 
um, there's there's multiple levels of stigma. You know, when you perhaps you're you're more junior, you're starting out your career, perhaps as a BDR or as an AE. You know, maybe you don't want to speak as openly about this. Um, we then look at, at gender disparity, race, ethnicity. Um, there are so many multiple levels of stigma associated with this, and and stigma is important. You know, because discrimination is still still very real here um, in in terms of speaking out about this. Um, you know, who knows what people, uh, you know, in the company think about me, um, you know, because I, even I had an idea of like what a, what someone who struggled with alcoholism or addiction was like. And it, it took time to break down that own stigma uh, inside me. And so I, I feel that the only way we can break stigma is to speak openly about it. On this journey, specifically with 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 addiction, um, I think there's, you know, we were talking earlier and there's some some misnomers, right, uh, on on what addiction actually is and the solution for it for addiction. Yeah, I, you know, I used to think that I just needed to get sober. I putting down the alcohol, putting down the drugs, whichever unhealthy coping mechanism. But there's a big difference between sobriety and recovery. You know, and and one thing I I share about is like I'm very introverted. I I love just recharging on my own, and so the idea of connecting with other people. Um, doesn't excite me uh, in, in general. Um, however, as someone in recovery, like that's that's not possible. Like I have to connect with other people. And like I shared earlier on in terms of passing things on, that's my responsibility now, just as other people have helped me to find recovery, I get to help other people uh, find recovery. And one of my favorite researchers, Johan Harry in his book, Chasing the Scream and his TED talk, where, uh, which is titled, Everything You Know About Addiction is Wrong, he, his famous saying is the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. And so it's the number one important thing for someone, every human, but particularly someone in recovery. Like I said, you need to build your personal board of directors, build build a community of people that you trust and, and connect. You know, it's about dividing that pain and multiplying the joy. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to dig into to Uncrushed a, a lot and get a description of, of that. But just before that, let me know, like, what what was that that moment? So you talked about that 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 moment of what other people would think about you, and and when you first decided, I've got to I've got to talk about this. I can't keep this in a box anymore. What what was that moment, and what did you what did you go through internally, and then what was that feedback? Yeah, so I I started my journey of sobriety and recovery in July 2017. And uh, one of my other co-founders, Janelle, um, she helped me get into my into my first rehab. And we had this conversation and I said, why? Because I genuinely thought I was the only person uh, at Salesforce that had this problem. You know, no one else was suffering like I was suffering. That's because no one spoke openly about it. And so I asked her that question. I said, why is no one speaking about this like in the workplace? Because I think it's one thing, in my opinion, to start off with your journey of recovery. It's another thing to be an employee at a fast-moving tech company and how to be someone in recovery at that company. And so um, the first thing I needed to do was work on myself and start my own journey. And I, I think it's pretty common, at least for myself, uh, to want to save other people and help other people before helping myself. Uh, and I, you know, since losing my dad, I'd... I'd put all these articles out about grief and how to process grief, but I, I hadn't processed it myself. Mm. And so we reached the point kind of middle of 2018, about a year later, where 
I felt ready in my journey to to come out and 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 share, you know, my journey of recovery and and my experience so far. And so myself, Janelle, and and Lindsay Boggs, who's our other co-founder, the three of us then started to build a team and, and gathering different stories from from the community uh, of other people that wanted to to share their their journeys of mental health. And so we started that in in 2018, and it was fascinating. We had so many people that that wanted to openly share, and it the commonality was people had been helped by others freely. And so they wanted to pass that on. You know, the reason I got sober is because there's other people in my life that gave sobriety and recovery. They taught me how uh, freely. And so I, I see it as a responsibility with Uncrushed to, to pass that on to, to other people. So, you know, there's there's two big stats that, that jump out pre-COVID from Mental Health America. It says one in five people in the US experience some form of, of mental health issue each year. And of those, 60% of those aren't reaching out for treatment. Now, goodness knows how, how much those numbers have gone up since since COVID. Um, sure. But from the point that someone reaches out for treatment, it's a very established marketplace. There's a lot of for-profit, non-profit companies that are out there. But what about just that point of reaching out for help? And so that's really where Uncrushed focuses, is encouraging you to know that you're not alone uh, through the platform of stories and then the community of people and then hopefully connect you with resources so that you can uh, find the support that you may need. So what form does that take, does Uncrushed take in terms of, yes, there's a site, but how is are people connected to these things? And are there, you know, real life meetups or, you know, before or after this whole nonsense we're going through? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so people can share their personal experience on the website. Uh, and in general, what we ask for people is that they would provide a headshot and provide their name. And so as part of that process, we tell them, you know, how, how it is going to be shared online. We warn them or caution them, you know, about the risk of discrimination. Uh, but ultimately, these people, we've got over 150 people that have shared their stories. Uh, they recognize that actually there's there's a bigger win to sharing that. And so what we've seen from that is then people connect with these people on LinkedIn and perhaps if they resonate with them, they'll send them a message and, and then they'll start to build build fellowship and build trust. And you know, Janelle always talks about building a personal board of directors. And so it's so important that we just see people building out their own personal boards of people that they, they feel safe with, whether it's through Uncrushed or perhaps through other mental health meetups. And so we started off on the website and then we started to go into uh, organizations and companies and run events like at Splash, at Salesforce, uh, where, and Citrix, where we've started to present about Uncrushed. Um, and the most important thing there is we don't make it about us. We like to regard it as we're holding space to encourage uh, authentic and vulnerable conversations. And so one of my most powerful event experiences, and we've done this virtually and in person, is we've gone in. I've shared my personal experience, but we need to make sure that we've got sponsorship from an employee there who's willing to share their story, and then from usually from employee success or HR. Um, and then I've just seen it unfold. We've had other people start to ask questions and raise their hands. Um, and and we, similar with an event, and we've had many events at Salesforce around mental health. People just want to talk about these things, and and sometimes people want to join anonymously, and you know, particularly in the virtual world, and, and kind of watch in the dark, maybe with an anonymous name or with their camera off. And that's completely okay. I've had people that will respond to my posts on LinkedIn publicly. I've had other people that respond in private and just send me messages. The key thing that we're trying to do is just encourage you to say something to someone. Yeah, that's great. And just have that. First off, like you experienced 
and struggled with and then experienced was that there's other people going through this, right? Like other people um, struggle with this in my company that, you know, that I wasn't even aware of. Just that awareness can take such a weight off. And then to have that that space for just the ideas of a personal board of directors, you know, an approach to getting through this, getting beyond this, getting help for this. Like you said, there's, it's big business. We know the rehab, we know the, this, we know the, that, but there, I mean, there's just hundreds of resources and millions of individuals that you can approach and you can talk to about this that are not this traditional infrastructure for this kind of thing. Um, that honestly, I mean, that's a, that's a big leap. Like I'm going to, you know, go to rehab. Like, like that's a big giant leap. Yeah. You know? scary. And I, yeah. And I, I love the, that uncrushed is it, it providing these steps, just in, incremental steps forward. And those are each, each step is a weight off, right? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, Oh wow. There's, there's hope. There's light coming through the, through the door a little bit. Yeah, and, and, and seeing that, that it's possible, you know, not not everyone has to have the same journey of recovery as, as me. You know, one of the other great programs that I'm involved with at Salesforce is called Soberforce, uh, which is an employee resource group for sober, sober curious people and allies uh, who are employees at the company. And we've got about 350 people in our Slack channel now. Uh, we do monthly meetups. Uh, and it, it blows my mind, people that are willing to be uh, open, you know, about this in the workplace. But again, it's it's a very common thing. You know, you look at the the overdose rates, the amount of people that are drinking more, using drugs more, particularly through COVID. Like people want a, a place of support. And one of the things I love about that is we keep the Slack channel open and public. Um, and and we so we again caution people as they join. Uh, but we have a lot of people that that lurk. They watch from afar because the channel's public, and and they can just track all the stuff we're doing. So, you know, we're filming this over the the holiday period. And so this is a this is a very challenging time for many people, particularly those that are starting their journey uh, of, of recovery. And so just being able to share out resources with people, either via Uncrushed or at Soberforce or some of the other groups that we have, just to help people navigate um, some of the complexities that, that come with the holidays. Oh, yeah, that's that's huge. And again, I love that approach of here's the here are numerous ways and opportunities and please someone come tell us about more ways right you know to to get through these things um rather than that hard stance this is the this is the program this is the thing you do this is what happens period you know <laughs> i think yeah like if you told me this is okay tim you got a problem this is how you get sober i wouldn't listen to you you know, and, and like Scott Lee talks about this and his addiction selling model, um, the the individual needs to recognize that they have a problem themselves. And so for me, that's really the first step is recognizing like I've got a problem and I want to change and I want to reach out for help. And I, I think this is a pretty common thing in humans. Like we try and fix other people. Like we see someone crying, you know, we put our hands on them to, to comfort them or we, we offer them a, a tissue or a Kleenex. And that's actually subconsciously my way of saying, I feel uncomfortable with what you're doing right now. Please stop. Right. Whereas 
like allowing someone to experience their emotions. And so if I came to you and said, hey, I've got a problem, and then you shared with me, perhaps you've had a similar thing, and then you share with me your journey without telling me this is what you need to do, that then may uh, create some ideas in my mind. And that's really what we're trying to do at Uncrushed and with Soberforce is just share our own journeys and, and I statements like that's such a key thing in therapy groups is just always sharing from your own personal experience. That's great. So what's, what's the solution here for getting this, I guess just talked about more out there more to really completely as close to that as we can get eradicate the stigma side of this because obviously you can only legislate and hr things to a point you know and and the the rest is what humans want to do how do we continue down that path and and honestly escalate the the acceptance that's out there um, for folks yeah, I mean, there's multiple layers. Like traditionally, a manager wouldn't discuss with an employee anything personal. They'd say, hey, you need to speak to HR about that. So I won't speak about the legality of stuff and what information is and isn't uh, protected, particularly here in America. Um, but one thing we've seen with Soberforce is other companies want to create it, but HR uh, are, are nervous. And so one thing we try and uh, emphasize is that this is opt-in. This is people that are willing to come forward and share their own information publicly or with other employees uh, or in uncrushed instances publicly. And so sometimes as a manager, I think there's this whole concept of servant leadership. Like how do you truly listen with empathy? And there's a great, again, Brenny Brown video, the difference between sympathy and empathy. Uh, and, and I strongly encourage people to watch that. And so I think now what a great manager looks like is someone that's willing to listen to their concerns. They don't have to fix the employee. They can help navigate them to, to the right resources. Um, but also I think now, like in this period of the great resignation and people changing jobs, like another trend that I've seen is that as people are interviewing at organizations, they want to work for a company that is open about mental health, that is open about uh, having these more difficult conversations. And again, as I said earlier, there's multiple levels of stigma, even just within mental health or mental illness. And so I think now, like the companies and the managers that are really differentiating themselves from some of their competitors are the ones that are willing to talk, willing to listen, and willing to be vulnerable with their leadership. Yeah, and I love that, that there's a... I love that we're getting to the point that there's a a business advantage, you know, a hiring advantage <laughs> to this yeah. stuff because it's for good, you know, and I love that. I love when business and capitalism and all of that and good work together. Um, and I think that th there's way more opportunities for that than, than the opposite. Right. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think that's a big part of the solution is that education that this is, this is good for the company. And now, you know, people can under that, that heading. So everybody can check those boxes, right? Uh, now under that heading, we can establish some of these programs across these companies. Yeah. And also consider like if someone takes a, a leave of absence or medical leave, again, just using uh, US terminology, um, recognize that that person there they're not weak when they come back to work if and when they come back to work like it's so hard to return from medical leave and so 
in general, what people go, go and do, if it's related to mental health, is they will go and do a course of treatment. Perhaps it could be therapy, perhaps it could be rehab. They're looking inside themselves and working on themselves. And I, I guess I'll use my own advice. I, that's what I did, you know, when I when I took some time. And and it makes me, I believe, one of the strongest people on the team because I truly know myself and know how to handle my emotions. And I think another form of discrimination uh, that I've seen is when when people don't regard it the same as a as a physical illness. You know, if someone is off work for a physical illness and they come back, they're then just treated the same. And, and thrown back into it. But normally with uh, mental illness and mental uh, challenges over the years, um, they're not regarded as, as the same and then you have to rebuild that trust and it takes time. And so another piece of advice I would give for, for managers is, is to truly treat these people as equals. They may need some accommodations, you know, particularly when they're making that initial return to work. But these people that have, have been through treatment and have got help, and so they, they should be offered an equal opportunity in the workplace. Yeah, that's good. Is there is there a place for a playbook to some of this stuff? Like, not to get so, you know, insurance line item, but like, here's what we do for folks who left for this reason, or does that make sense? Or does that does that get too clinical, do you think? Yeah, I think it all varies, like recognizing again, with the healthcare system we have in the US depends on what insurance, what support, what coverage you have. Uh, and, and then again, like the broad spectrum of mental illness, it, it could really uh, differ depending on what the challenge is. You know, I'll share a, a story of one thing we did at Salesforce is we worked with our uh, a ghost center, our security team, or if someone's in crisis, and we did some training with that team to say, hey, if someone calls and perhaps they're suicidal or perhaps they, they have an alcohol uh, or substance abuse issue, you know, this is what we do in terms of connecting them with our employee assistance program. And so now when someone call, picks up the phone or maybe they search for one of our help articles, we've included that in, in some of the training. But ultimately, um, you know, my guidance would be it always comes down to a medical professional. And so if someone is listening to this and is struggling, like speak to your doctor, speak to your therapist, someone that you're working with um, and, and get their recommendation. And the good ones out there, in my opinion, they're not the ones that they're throwing medication at it straight away. You know, they want to get down to the to the root cause. And so for me, in my journey, like my doctor is not a, a psychotherapist, they're not an expert, uh, but they recognized that I was struggling. And so they made some recommendations for me. And then, you know, and then I went down that coverage and benefits route to see what was covered and what was not. Oh, nice. And is there is there a... A set of rules needed, I guess, too, to like for managers and company owners and all of that to sort of, I guess, is there something that, that can be provided to say, I mean, part of it's education, of course, like at a big level that, you know, th this is a thing and this is important. Um, but I guess a, a set of instructions almost <laughs> to, you know, for folks who haven't dealt with this at all that if it's this category of thing, like, here's how we, we should approach that. Here's how, when they come back, here's how we should talk to them. Yeah, I think it will vary company to company. And again, depending on what policies they have in the organization, there's something called HIPAA protection here in the US around disclosure of medical information. And so I wouldn't, from a legal perspective, I wouldn't want to offer any any guidance there. Sure. Um, one one tip I would give to managers, though, is to use a traffic light system when you're checking in with your employees to say, hey, if you don't mind sharing with me, how are you feeling today? And most of the time, if you just go, how are you feeling? They go, oh, I'm fine. 
So that's just a surface level question, which is why we, we recommend using the traffic light system, which is like red, amber, green. And then if they feel comfortable maybe talking about like, okay, this is why I feel amber today, or this is why I feel green today. Uh, and again, in the, in, in the context of, of leading with vulnerability, uh, perhaps the manager can check in first and, and share how they're doing. And one of the things I love is like when people share when they're red or share when they're yellow, because that's again, someone being authentic, someone being vulnerable and, and encourages people to, to connect with each other um, and, and hopefully find, find support. Yeah, that's great. And I know ultimately it's, if we can just head down that road of more connection, more, <laughs> more conversation in all of these gosh, most of our struggles in the world, right? If we could sit across from somebody and have a conversation about it, uh, it would be, it would solve so much. What's, what's next? What's, is there, is there a trajectory for the organization for like on the horizon? Like, yeah, we'd really like to get into more companies or expand to include this. What's, what's next? Yeah, like we had a few uh, events this year where we were the uh, non-profit beneficiaries, so we're 501c3. It's like Scott Ingram Sales Success Summit, uh, which was in Austin, Texas. We were the beneficiary for that. Uh, and so we're looking at using that money to create season two of our podcast, uh, which is actually going to focus on uh, mental health and underrepresented minorities. Uh, and so, again, recognizing like it's one thing, my journey of treatment. But what if you're if you're Asian, if you're Black or African American, uh, if you're if you're female, if you're not cisgender, you know there there are so many other journeys, and so we really want to uh, again add a voice to that. Um, but I think in general, it's like how do we a combination of Uncrushed and Soberforce, like how do we take this to other companies? How do we, like I said earlier on about freely sharing the information? Like in my opinion, this is not IP. Like I. With Uncrushed, we deliberately set it up as a nonprofit because we, who knows where it's going to be in a few years' time. Like we, we just want to start a movement and drive a movement for people to share their own stories, and that's why I'm a big supporter of so many other great companies that are doing this. Like another great company that I love is Jeff Risley and the Sales Health Alliance. They do some really good stuff in terms of speaking about mental health um, awareness and, and sales. Um, and and I, I think it takes a community even in this space because it, it's going to take so many of us to to create a movement. And so my goal, my hope is that, you know, in a, just as we've seen over the last few years, so many more people are speaking more openly. My hope is that in the next few years, we'll see more companies setting up more dedicated employee resource groups specifically for invisible disabilities and mental health. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Where do where do people go to to find out more um, for Uncrushed specifically? Yeah, uh, so I firstly recommend just connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I normally share a lot of this stuff on, on my own profile, and then Uncrushed is on all the main social channels, and you can go to uncrushed.org. Uh, and if anyone listening wants to share their experience, you can just go to uncrushed.org forward slash submissions, uh, and it has all the details there for you to share your story. Fantastic, Tim. This is just been awesome. I appreciate you sharing this. Yeah. I'm excited that um, this gets talked about a whole lot more. Um, you know, each conversation is maybe a drop in the bucket, but it's um, heading heading in the right direction, I think. And um, it can those those little drops can add up really quickly <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah. create movements. So um, I'm anxious to see that um, for this this 
massive, massive issue. Thank you so much for for being on. Yeah, thank you. And you know, and you never know when someone's at a tipping point. You know, and and the stuff we're talking about is life and death. Uh, and so you just never know by by sharing something like I'm not okay today, or I need help. You never know who may show up in your life, and and that's really what we're we're trying to do here. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of this show. If you ever need help building out custom strategies for your business or deciding what actions to take next, head over to medialeadsco.com and let's connect. I'll talk to you soon on the next Strategy and Action.